You're listening to SBS News. Hi everyone, this is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 10th of March 2021. Later, the RBA Governor pushing back against market expectations of an interest rate rise. But first, let's go to the OECD, which has upgraded its economic forecasts for both the world and Australia, and even labelled Australia a global growth success story. So it expects world growth of 5.6% in 2021. That's a 1.4 percentage point increase on its December forecasts and 4% growth next year. It also lifted its estimates for Australia to 4.5% this year, up from 3.2%. And while 2022 remains at just over 3%, it's larger in dollar terms because it now comes off a higher base. So for more on that, I spoke earlier with the Chief Economist of the OECD in Paris, Laurence Boone. Laurence, there seems to be quite a, a large upgrade to your previous forecast for world growth. Why? So there are two reasons why we have upgraded our projection for world growth. One is that many countries are coping better with the virus. There's less restrictions to mobility and economic activity. And also people and firms have adapted, so they work better in spite of those restrictions. And the second new and big element is uh, the U.S. fiscal stimulus. This is massive and will add a full percent to global growth. The recovery, though, it isn't even, is it? So the recovery is far from even. Um, There are three factors that explain the divergence across countries. One is how they're coping with public health management with the virus situation, the pace of vaccination, for example. Uh, It's very different whether you're in Asia, as you know, uh, where public health management's been really good, or whether you're in a southern countries where there's little um, way of addressing the virus with mobility restrictions, let alone vaccination. So that's one thing, it's health. The other thing is about public finances, whether you, you know, the country is able to really support workers and firms, and that will help them in the future. Um, and the combination of the two can make a huge difference. You look at the US, then having huge fiscal support and fast vaccination and their recovery uh, much faster. What do you see, though, as the key risks to your forecasts? So I think the first key risk, really the, the, the one that concerns us the most, is that we don't vaccinate enough, we don't vaccinate fast enough, and we don't vaccinate enough countries, right? We are in this global pandemic together. We need the entire world to actually vaccinate against this virus. And you know, if we are at war with the virus, then we need to be on a war footing for it with production and with distribution. To what extent, though, do you see inflation picking up? And will that pose a problem to central banks around the world, given that many have committed to keeping uh, official interest rates low and for quite some time? So there's been some tension in commodity prices. There is you know, market expectation of higher U.S. growth, higher China growth, faster recovery than anticipated. Um, um, There are also some tension on some very specific supply chains like chip or shipping. Um, So there there are outbursts of inflation, moderate, but here and there. And as the recovery accelerates, uh, we, we... 
we likely see some more of this, but on a medium term, we think that at the moment as well, there's so much slack in the labor market, so much unused production capacity that, you know, it's unlikely to raise very high inflation pressure in the short term. Um, we think it will be uh, transitory most likely, but obviously, you know, past crises have taught us to be very careful and we will monitor this super carefully. And just finally, how would you describe Australia's economic recovery compared with its peers around the world? So Australia is one of the G20 economy that has done really well. First in, you know, tackling the virus in the first in the first wave uh, and then ensuring that it can start reopening. We're seeing that in Australia, the is one of the countries where we have revised up our projections the most. Um, We're seeing the labour market doing much better, even if it's not yet back to where it was. So in a way, it's a success story. Laurence Boone there, the Chief Economist of the OECD. Let's go now to the Australian share market, which fell today. The 200 down 0.9% to 6,714. The miners declined as commodity prices came off overnight. But tech stocks rose in what was a, a bit of a reversal of yesterday's fortunes. For more, I spoke earlier with Eleanor Cray, the Australian market strategist at Saxo Bank. Eleanor, the market was pretty steady for most of the day, turned negative though in the afternoon. Why? Yeah, look, I mean, we really saw a a pretty uh, big surge, obviously, in US markets overnight. uh, But we really saw, uh, I guess, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 both uh, surging to to lower highs. And we've seen a really lacklustre follow through in US futures today, which, of course, has um, weighed on Asian equity indices also. Uh, But I think, you know, generally what we saw overnight was a big momentum reversal. So we've seen that over the past week or so, that momentum factor has been extremely um, undersold and has under uh, oversold and has underperformed uh, relative to to value and more cyclical areas of the market. Uh, so we really just saw, I guess, a, a rebound in that momentum factor overnight. As you mentioned, tech stocks there, they've been quite volatile of late. Why has it got all to do with these potential rising interest rates when we look at bond yields? Yeah, look, I mean, that's certainly part of it. So, of course, uh, we have seen that globally yields have bottomed uh, and they are on the rise. Uh, And that, of course, pressures these uh, very speculative portions of the market that really rely on low rates to propel those uh, infinitesimal valuations. Uh, And, of course, a higher discount rate uh, means that those future cash flows are valued far less richly. So that's one part of the story. But I think there is a second part of the story, which is also positioning. Uh, So we've really seen uh, that uh, people have just been holding these crowded mega cap COVID winners Uh, And they're coming up against some very tough comparisons. Uh, It's going to be very hard for them to surprise to the upside. Now everyone's coming out of lockdown and and economic activity is beginning to normalise. And I think it's much akin maybe to a movie theatre when you have everyone long these crowded momentum stocks uh, and the movie ends and everyone rushes for the exit at once. Uh, We see that really that momentum works just as well on the downside as it does on the upside. So with the bond market saying that 
you know, interest rates may rise sooner rather than later. Today we heard the RBA governor speak trying to jawbone the market today, reiterating, saying that rates will stay low at least till around 2024. Has it worked? Yeah, exactly right. A little bit of jawboning going on there. Look, we did see uh, the curve or yields across the curve move lower uh, as Governor Lowe was speaking. They have since ticked a little higher, um, but we have seen uh, the three-year yield uh, sitting now below their 0.1% uh, yield curve control target for the first time since December. So to some degree, uh, we have seen seen that jawboning, uh, I guess, coming into action, but potentially not as much as the governor would like. And, and certainly, I think, with uh, the economy not dipping as much as feared uh, and with the rebound being uh, far faster than everyone has expected, uh, you know, we are going to continue to see traders pricing in a rate hike prior to 2024. Uh, but I think when it, when it, you know, when it comes to whether we actually see one, uh, that catalyst for winding back the accommodation is going to come from offshore. Uh, it's very much a situation, I think, where the, the Fed is kind of the global central bank in this scenario uh, and uh, Powell is very much the central banker to the world. Uh, the RBA, I guess, wouldn't want to be front-running uh, the US Fed in terms of winding back that easing because, uh, you know, then we'd see financial conditions tighten here. We'd see an undue appreciation pressure on the currency and the like, uh, which would, of course, hamper the recovery. And just finally, um, the RBA also saying it wants to see a, a lower Australian dollar, but aren't all signs pointing to it rising? Yeah, yeah uh, of course they would like to see a, a lower Aussie dollar, but uh, and they might be uh, fighting a bit of a losing battle here. Uh, and there's really, I, I guess, limited options that they can really take uh, to, to see the currency lower, because you're exactly right, uh, particularly over the medium term, those appreciation pressures remain in place. Uh, you know, we've got stronger commodity prices coming through the pipeline, and, and we think that is going to continue. We've also got the, the continued acceleration in global growth uh, and, of course, the local economy as well with business confidence and consumer confidence continuing to pick up uh, and the, the rebound gathering steam or the economic rebound gathering steam, I think those are, or the onus is on the currency to continue to appreciate. Eleanor Crow there from Saxo Markets. That is SBS on the Money for this Wednesday, the 10th of March 2021. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo.